Come sit down with me. No, no, you sit down. I've just got to. I've got to try and get the picture back again. Um, mute all. Okay, mute all. Um, okay, so now let's get your picture back. Okay, we're starting in a moment. so that I can see Rabbi Wine. Could you call me? Thanks. Okay. The people are on, I presume. Okay. Um, I don't know how to get back to... Here we are. I think that's it. That's it. You're there. Okay, tell everyone. There's a basic underlying question 
more than a question, it's a problem. Uh, regarding the, the entire process of creation, the world that we know it, what is God's intent, so to speak, in all of this? What does he need it for? So uh, the question is really, uh, what is the purpose of creation? Now, uh, we are coming fresh off of Megillat Kohelet. Megillat Kohelet, if you analyze it uh, to the uh, final degree, pretty much says there is no purpose. That's what he means when he says, Avel havoli Avel means there's no purpose. It's all nothing. And uh, Shlomo HaMelech is one extreme opinion on this matter. And he says, uh, leaves you with the question. And uh, that would be very, it should be very disturbing. Chazal recognized that. So we see uh, in the beginning of the Torah, the first uh, comments of Rashi, we see the attempt of Rashi, but really Rashi is reflecting Chazal, the Midrashim, to try and deal with this problem. Now, one of the issues that we face is that we learn Kumash uh, Rashi's when we are children. And because of that, therefore, what you learn as a child always remains with you with that a childish view of things. So even though we supposedly outgrow it and we, come, we become more mature and more sophisticated, we nevertheless are left with the impressions that we had as a child of what the Torah is trying to teach us. And uh, because of that, we have uh, difficulties in how to adjust, how to look at things. So let's begin with the first word of the Torah, gracious. 
Now, we are influenced, um, by we, I mean the uh, English-speaking uh, Western uh, Jew. And in fact, uh, almost all of European Jewry, even in Eastern Europe, we're influenced by the non-Jewish translations of the Bible. The most famous one in the English world is the King James Version, which uh, took almost uh, 140 years to complete and is really the masterpiece of English literature. And uh, over uh, 400 scholars all of whom knew Hebrew very well, none of whom were Jewish, were the ones that created this translation. The King James Version takes the word bracious and translated, translates it in the beginning. In the beginning. Now, there is a debate that existed. Chazal uh, recorded it for us between the Chachme Atuna, the wise men of Athens, meaning Greek philosophy, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and the Chachomim of the Jewish world as to the nature of time. Is time an absolute meaning that time, so to speak, coexisted with the creator? Now, the Greeks, uh, the Greek philosophers uh, did not believe in paganism. They were too uh, sophisticated for that to worship stone or wood, etc. So they believed in what they call the first cause. Something started all of this. And you can call that something whatever you want. But they contended that the first cause operated within time. Because time always existed. Time is an absolute. And the Chachme Chazal disagreed with that. And Chazal held that time is a creation by itself. And that Kaviochel, the Rabboni Shalom, or the first cause, whatever we want to call it, uh, is not limited by time, and that time itself is a creation. Now, in our uh, generations, uh, because of the advance in understanding physics, and uh, especially Einstein's uh, theories of general relativity, 
Einstein proved that time is not an absolute. But I'm not going to go into that explanation for two reasons. One is you're not interested. The second is I'm not interested. But he proved mathematically, scientifically, and through experiments that time is a relative thing. It's not an absolute. And that time as we know it here in other parts of the universe is different. Therefore, time must be a creation in itself. Therefore, when we look at the word gracious and we define it as being in the beginning, that's a false translation because that leaves you with the illusion that time was always there. And in the beginning of time, the Rabboni Shalom created the world. You will notice that Rashi goes out of his way to make sure that we do not translate it in the beginning. Because Hebrew grammar requires that if it meant in the beginning, it should say reshit, not bereshit. The base doesn't belong. Reshit means first, in the beginning. We say it every day here, you know, reshit call, you know, the first thing is this, etc. Because reshit always implies that there's a shenit and a shlishit. Here it says bereshit. And there are, there are many, many midrashim why the Torah began with the letter let bet. But Rashi, uh, Rashi and his, uh, Rashi's always, uh, I don't know how to put it, the, He's deceiving because we think we understand it. We think it's simple. But Rashi is layer upon layer upon layer. And there never was a portion like Rashi. So Rashi translates Rashid that the base doesn't mean in the beginning. It means with the beginning. Be, with Reshit, the world was created. And therefore, what is Reshit? It's not time. And Rashi therefore quotes the Midrashim, Vishvil Yisrael, Shinikroim Reshit. Their midrashim is Nikoreshit. 
So Rashi, in essence, is explaining that there was a purpose. Creation had a purpose. And the purpose was Bishvil Reshit. And that that's how we have to look at the Psukit. And therefore, that's how we have to look at the whole narrative that exists in Chumash Bereshis. We're going to see uh, the, the flood, and Noah, and then Avram, and the Ovos, and the Shvotim, and the Imos. But you need all of that. And Rashi implies that when he, uh, in his parish, and the famous So Rashi says, again, here in Parsons Rashi's at the beginning, What do we need this whole six, seven uh, long uh, narratives the Torah is a book of laws, a book of mitzvahs, so it should begin that's the first mitzvah. <laughs> and Rashi then again quotes the Medrash. That uh, it comes to uh, defend the right of the Jewish people there to Israel. And that that's the purpose. The purpose is that there should be a special people, there should be a special place, and the special place should belong to the special people, and that when people protest and say they're not entitled to it. List him at them. You got 670 resolutions in the UN that say list him at them. You stole it. The vice president of the United States says, you know, you commit genocide. So, to counteract that, the Torah began with Breshit. That there's a purpose. Creation has a purpose. And that the appearance of the Jewish people and the covenant of the Jewish people with the land of Israel is part of the basic purpose of creation. And that, so to speak, without recognizing that purpose, you miss the whole point. Then the question arises, why did God need it? What is creation? What? It, it raises the question that Shlomo did, it all doesn't mean anything. And that's why Rashi, for instance, continually quotes these Midrashim. It says, Elu, Elu, Todos Shomayim Vohoretz, Behiborom. This is the description 
the generations of heaven and earth as they were created. So Behiborum, Rashi quotes the Medrash, the Gemara, Altikre Behiborum Elabiavrom. What is that? How did what does that mean? Barashi is telling you that there's a purpose. The purpose is Avram Avinu. means that's the purpose of creation. The entire reward, the entire purpose is now here. So that is the opinion, the commentary of Rashi, based upon Chazal. And that uh, in, the, in our world of where everybody is equal and nobody's supposed to be better than anybody else, even though they are, So that rings uh, with difficulty for us. The whole world was created for us. The whole purpose of this planet is Eretz Yisrael. Yeah. And that is a fundamental discussion that has always occurred between the Jewish people and the rest of the world. That's Pshatat of the Harton and Mikolo Amim. Abolcher Bamo Yisrael Beahavo. That's why Eretz Yisrael Eshmita and Nebraska does not. That's the viewpoint. And the viewpoint begins with the base of Breshi. Because it's not in the beginning, it's with the purpose that Rashid represents that heaven and earth and the world was created. And uh, that's a uh, fundamental understanding uh, how to approach what Chazal wanted to communicate with us. So Chazal were not interested, So I don't want to say they're not interested, but they did not stress, so to speak, the mechanics of creation. How did all of this wondrous natural world come into being? How did it develop? question of how long did it take all of these things Chazal are not interested in that that's what Chazal called there are things that are hidden from us but Chazal were interested in the purpose of creation why it should be Now, the, uh, there's a startling medrash 
that uh, when the Ravonu Shalom told the Odom not to eat from the Eitz Adas, so he also told them not to eat from the Eitz Achayim. The Nochosh, when he uh, seduces Chava and persuades her to eat from the Eitz Adas, he also says that you could eat from the Eitz Achayim and then you would live forever and you would be God. You would be God. So what does it mean you would be God? Even the Nachash is aware of the difference between the creator and what is created. But the idea here is there's a symbiotic relationship between God and human beings. So to speak, uh, God needs, we could use that word even, he needs to have human beings. He needs to have a world, a created world. That's what Chazal meant when they said that uh, Yisrael v'araisa v'kutsha brichu chadhu. That's the whole package. The Torah, the Jewish people, God, that's one package. They, they, they need each other. And we find, therefore, the Mephoshim explain that God said regarding human beings, lo tov lavado. It's not good that... Yeah. Man should be alone. So the Mephoshim say that that's, so to speak, a reflection of the Creator also. However, we'll understand that the Creator also doesn't want to be alone. And therefore, the whole process of creation is necessary because of the nature of the creator that opposes being alone and looks for a social world, the world of cooperation, a world where people will rely one on the other. And we see that, therefore, reflected in the Luchos. Half of them are Benodom Lechavero. The Luchos should be our relationship to God alone. But it's not like that. Because we are created so to speak, to help one another, to deal with one another. The fact that uh, many people 
for selfish reasons, do not want to do that, that's a different problem. But the nature of human beings is People don't want to live in isolation. We've just gone through, uh, you know, bidud. Yeah, so what could be better than bidud? <laughs> Nobody bothers me. I got time to do whatever I want. These people don't like bidud. People run away from it. How many Jews didn't come there to Israel because the government requires that they go into Bidud for a week or two weeks or whatever? They don't want to. That's the low tove. It's not good for us. Instinctively, we know that. And therefore, that reflects on the creator because Part of us is the creator. There's a piece of us that is the creator, so to speak. And that's the part that says Lotov. And therefore, that's also implied in Brashit. There's a purpose. I'm here. Maybe because I can help somebody. Uh, I have wealth because I can help somebody. I have wisdom because I can help somebody. That's my purpose. That's how we'll be measured. And you see that uh, instinctively people know that. I uh, read a very depressing book a long time ago. Uh, It was a uh, book about matzevas, about monuments from Jewish cemeteries all over the world. So uh, it's fascinating to see what people write about themselves or what their families write about them. And I noticed the very early on that uh, nobody wrote uh, about the accomplishments that we always think are accomplishments. Nobody wrote uh, he was a uh, great businessman and he got the last dollar out of every deal. Nobody writes that. When you see, uh, for instance, uh, epitaphs about uh, great generals, It never describes how many people they killed. It says they defended the country, 
they defended uh, uh, noble causes. Doesn't say uh, he he uh, had a battle in which he killed a hundred thousand people. Because the nature of human beings is that they know that that's not their purpose. And therefore, when they want to be remembered, they write the purpose that they really wanted to be. He was a good father. He raised a good family. Charitable. He was a leader in the community. And a great scholar. There has to be a meaningful purpose. Otherwise, you're left with the downside of the Megillah Kohelet. And all of that is implicit in the word Breshit and in the letter Bet. Because that is what guides us to understand that the Torah is trying to teach us purpose. It's not trying to describe the process of creation as much as it is to explain the purpose of creation. And that's a a, a basic Jewish idea. And especially it's reinforced in the great parish of Rashi. So have a wonderful Shabbat, everyone. Thank you for coming. And next week, bring your umbrellas. I said, I, said, I, said, I, said, I said, Trump's grave will put that. No, no, no. We won't put it here. That's why you said, what you explained. It doesn't say Elohim Barak. Right. It doesn't say, it's not Barak. That's right. That's right. Good. Do you know what family is? Did you live in Hendon? Orenstein? The Shilk? And uh, one of them's got a house on Chobobi. Yeah, yes. The brother-in-law tragedy committed suicide. You know, his his wife's husband, his wife, his sister's husband, sister's husband. Yes, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't know that they committed suicide. A man, a religious man. Listen, I saw the son saying Kaddish to a young fellow. Any other good news? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, other good news. Okay. Yeah.